Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast and welcoming back to the show, Danny Scott from Coin Corner, a great supporter of the show and a company doing incredible work with the Bolt card. I hope you guys saw that get released around Twitter. I know many people did because it got shared around like hotcakes and so it should. These guys have invented something uh, that is going to help push adoption of Bitcoin, not just between us Bitcoiners and our friends and families, but across merchants as well. So this is uh, this is what we need. And uh, you will find out much more about how Danny and the team come to uh, put this together as we go through this interview. So thanks again, Dan, for coming on. Thanks for all the support. Great work going on at Coin Corner. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. But before we do get into it, as usual, I would like to give a little shill to those uh, companies out there that are supporting the show and supporting the community. Uh, there, there's so many great, so much great work going on there by so many different people. And Coin Corner are one of those people. CoinCorner.com forward slash Bitten. Have you got that referral link sorted out yet, Dan? Uh, sign up. And start stacking with Coin Corner. Smash buy or set your auto DCA or get your bolt cards. Get them sent over. Start playing around with them and, you know, orange pilling your community. You can use Bitcoin Reserve as well across Europe. Bitcoinreserve.com forward slash bitten. They can help you stack up to a thousand pounds a day on your card. Or if you've got some big deep pockets up to 50,000 pounds and over, you can get a white glove service that is euros as well i should specify any kind of fiat you like uh swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten these guys have you covered in the us they fly across all 50 states and you can check them out from our uh, international uh, standpoint as well go to uh, swanbitcoin and see what services they can offer you great company Corey's doing some great work over there with the guys shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten will save you 5% on that hardware wallet you should already have. Because if you don't have one, you better get one. Keep your Bitcoin safe. Use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only hardware wallet. Use Relay, R-E-L-A-I forward slash Bitten and get stacking across Europe and the UK. Download the app, set up your DCA. It's easy to do and they're a great team based out of Switzerland. Get to some conferences. The um, the Baltic Honey Badger is coming up in Riga. Go check that out. Make sure you hit the link in the show notes. I'm going to be there hosting an interview. Uh, Ungovernable Misfits are making some incredible clothing. That's Max from the Bit by Bit pod. Again, link in the show notes. And Consensus Network. Get your Bitcoin books into the hands of those who speak a different language from you. Get across to Prague, end of October, 21st, 23rd for the Liberty in Our Lifetime conference and check out bitcoinday.io across the US for monthly meetups. 
That's all the shills, guys. Enjoy this one with Dan. All right, Dan, we're recording. Good to see you, mate. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Thank you. Nice to see you as well. Very well. Very well. Now, I know there's the, uh, what do they call it? The Association of Bens. Is that it? Yep. Is it the association or the... 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 I can't remember what, how, what the terminology they use now, but yes, there's something along them lines. Something, yeah. We're, we're going to have to counter it with, with the Dan's. You know, you've got Danny Brewster there as well with fast bitcoins, so there's going to be uh, there's going to be a few more of us. Yep. Yeah, I think there's there's, actually, there's a few Dan's I think, and Danny's and Daniels in in the industry. Um, so I'm sure we can uh, collectively come together. We're coming for the Council of Bens or whatever you, whatever they call themselves. Yeah. <laughs> You see what happens? You, you start dissing on the bends, and we and we lose, we lose all kind of connection. That has crashed. Are we back? We're we back. There we go. We are back. back. Well, all right, we're not coming for the council of bends. Like <laughs> backtrack quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right um mate congrats big congratulations uh obviously um we're going to talk about the bolt card because uh this has clearly resonated with a lot of people it's all over twitter uh lots of plebs are buying multiple of these things and posting them and really happy with with what you guys have achieved and what you've done I was lucky enough to get my hands on one in Miami when I managed to run into you and uh, actually get to meet you. Uh, so lots of questions about how it works and a lot of the plebs uh, are going to want to know exactly how it will come together. So let's back it up. Um, I'm imagining uh, you and the guys sitting around in one of your office sessions after, after work office sessions. This is what we were talking about the Hoffline before when you made that machine uh yep. how did the bolt card come to be what was the what was the big idea um with, uh, well I, I say a weird one but it's probably quite normal i think for for creating uh things and products and when things pop to mind um but yeah so we were um i guess coming back a little bit further to coin corner and um our focus on bitcoin and then our focus on lightning um, and then that was sort of 2018 when Lightning hit mainnet. We kept an eye on it. We played around with it. We were running nodes. We, we eventually introduced Lightning into Coin Corner uh, in 2020, I think that was, um, 2020. Um, and then from that point, we, we started to just explore different um, Lightning avenues and what we could do with it and the functionality and how we could start making the UX good for customers. Um, we came across... LNURL, um, which was kind of a, a spec created by um, a couple of guys, uh, Fiat Jaff, I think Andre, Hampus, a couple of others kind of come together and started creating um, what has become a very useful um, protocol, should we call it, in terms of allowing Lightning to become user-friendly or UX-friendly in terms of uh, the functionality it opens up to the Lightning network and how it can interact with um, other parties or the uh, companies, entities, or individuals. Um, the, the bolt card, so we, we was, at the time, we was kind of playing around with this and, and having a, a poke around, seeing what it could do, seeing what we could explore with that. 
and then myself uh, and Zach, uh, our head of tech here, we were um, actually in a shop just down the road. Um, we'd walked in, we were paying for some food that we'd bought, I think, um, paid with a contactless Visa card, tap and paid, walked away. And as we was walking away, he was saying, we need to do this with lightning, like with lightning, how can we do this with lightning? Um, so we, we said about LNURL with Roar, and then we started looking at that, like delving into, you know, can you actually do this with NFC and um, bringing this technology all together and actually recreating what we, we see every day in the UK where we tap and pay. And it's, it's quick, it's easy, it's become the everyday life for people in the UK at the minute. Um, so that was, that was literally the start of the conversation, I think. Uh, we then jumped into it very, very quickly. We started um, ordering NFC stickers, cards, um, wristbands. Um, we, we played around with all sorts of things. We, we tried. Socks. Socks, yes. <laughs> Don't forget the socks. Big shout out for Molly. <laughs> <laughs> the socks and the abuse she got from the... Uh, from Foot's <laughs> Twitter. And, and from Foot's Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. That was, uh, I think that was her most popular tweet ever. And it was because, <laughs> because the uh, various communities jumped on and, and some didn't like it, some did like it. So um, what be behind the scenes, talk us through that, uh, because we that was our last pod. You were talking about the stickers and the wristbands. And obviously I, I shouted out Mount Socks and I said, oh, you could use Socks to pay. And then Molly went and did that little video, which was uh, so funny to see. What'd you hide in there? A little sticker or like a card? Like what was the, yeah. <laughs> it was a sticker. Right. <laughs> uh, so we actually, we, we did go and do that. So it's actually, that's your fault. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For Molly. So we actually did that. Cause we said about, like, as you've mentioned there on the previous podcast, and then I said to Molly, we'll have to do that. And then we, we thought, ah, we'll go and do it. Um, the, the creperie that we have on board, which is where we did it. Um, he's uh, a French guy that we know. And he's, he's such a, um, happy friendly guy loves bitcoin loves what we're doing with everything so we thought we'll go and ask him and see if we, he lets us trial things out all the time um so we asked him that and he was like yeah yeah sure like he, he didn't mind there's um <laughs> i think he actually tickles molly's foot at one yep. point <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh. um, but for people outside of that that don't know that we know him it probably does look a bit weird um <laughs> the weirdest thing was and i pulled molly up on this why did she take off both of her shoes and her answer was her answer was she has some weird kind of OCDC type thing OC obsessive compulsive disorder that uh, like yeah like the, just taking off one shoe was not going to work for her like both shoes had to come off even obviously though there was only one sticker in one of the feet uh, in one of the socks but you know yeah. or or she did it purposefully for all of those uh, foot lovers out there and that the foot foyers, <laughs> and she was just seeking attention. Only Molly will ever know. <laughs> yeah, I'll let the crowd decide that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, that was another experiment we, we did, and we, we tried out. That was just a bit of a, a laugh more than anything. Um, but, we, yeah, we, we explored with the stickers and the, the wristbands, cards eventually. Um, <clears throat> and it was, it, we actually, when we first uh, looked into it, we, what we did, google it straight away you know first thing we come up with the concepts thinking you know this must be possible how do we do it um google the concepts uh we actually came across um ben arc's youtube videos from 2000 about 2019 i think they were um something around that time uh, and he was doing it with stickers and he did he, an lnur withdrawal with a sticker and showing how this can be done 
Um, so that kind of made us think, okay, maybe we're not as crazy as we, we first thought, and maybe this is a possibility. So that's when we, we continued to explore it. Um, we played around. Uh, what we came to very quickly was uh, there was a couple of security issues um, with the way Ben had done it and the way we would, were starting to, to try and explore. Um, and that's kind of what then spent, we spent uh, um, a couple of months then trying to get our head around how do we solve these security issues with it. Uh, the main security issue issue and being with what Ben Art had found as well <clears throat> um, was the replay prevention attack. So um, the stickers originally when Ben did it and then when we were in it originally doing it, you would um, put an LN URL withdraw. So if people are not aware, aware what I've aware, sorry, of what an LN URL withdrawer is. Um, it's basically a website address um, with some information in that you can ping and, and hit or a service can hit. And that will effectively pull some sats from a lightning node back to yourself. Um, so if, for example, the sticker had an LN URL withdrawer address on it, somebody would then be able to tap that and, and read that address they could keep reusing that address over and over again. And that would allow them to keep emptying your Bitcoins and emptying your wallet of all your lightning node that's attached to. Um, so you could, Ben did eventually uh, with Alan Bits, he introduced, um, so he still has that now with Alan Bits and they have Alan URL withdraw functionality and you can tag it to, you know, a maximum of a thousand sats per request. Um, and you can do like a maximum of 10 uh, withdrawals. Um, but you'd still be, having this static LN URL withdrawal address that people would still be able to ping and, and basically drain whatever the maximum is. Um, so that was kind of the big, the big um, security risk or issue at the time that we were trying to uh, sort of get around to make this actually useful for payments. Um, so what we ended up exploring was looking for different chips and different NFC uh, tags that you could find and trying to find out how you could use the memory chip on the, on the tag to actually generate um, a unique address every single time or a unique token every single time you, you tap and pay. We eventually did find one, uh, which is what we're using today. Um, and that, uh, this is probably one of the most common questions that so I'm jumping straight into this on now and Good. trying to explain, explain pieces of this. Um, this, the, the chip that we're using, it's a standard NFC chip. It's, it's one that's on the market. You can buy it in a sticker format, in card format. Uh, I think you can get it in other formats as well. Dan, can um, you just, um, just for acronym wise, just let the, the plebs know what NFC stands for in case anybody's sorry. kind of scratching their head. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's near field communication technology. Um, so I, I can't remember if I explained this last time on the pod with how it actually works and just for anyone that hasn't listened. So how that works is, um, as the, the card, for example, that you've got approaches a device, the device wirelessly powers the card and the card can then just push a message out to the device and the device can then read it. So it's what you use in your Visa MasterCards when you go and tap and pay a, a POS uh, device. That's what's happening there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought though. We was at... Um, we were talking about the security thing and I think um, like... What one of the big questions on people's minds is if I have this card in my wallet, for example, and somebody has NFC enabled on their phone, uh, and you're that kind of guy that's just going to get on a packed train and just go around with your NFC device enabled on your phone and perhaps like um, a lightning wallet open. If I just start tapping this around people's bags, am I able to, to pull 
um, some lightning um, uh, payments or receipts uh, into my phone and steal other people's sats. So I think yeah. um, that this, that, but there is security built around this. So <clears throat> there's a couple of, so the, the replay attack was just touching on uh, previous before, before I come on to your, your question there. So okay. The, the replay yep. attack is, um, as you go and tap the, the card, a POS device, um, a shop, for example, as you tap, it generates, every time you tap, it generates a brand new LN URL withdrawal address, uh, which means it's a one-time use and it can only be used once. Uh, once it's been used, it can't be used again. So the merchant will request the payment via this LN URL withdrawal address. That payment is made then to their Lightning node, um, which is then transaction confirmed. You'll get a tick on the, the POS and uh, payments completed. <clears throat> once that's done, then that URL can't be reused again. So the, the merchant wouldn't be able to steal that URL and, and steal your, your SATs, basically. Um, so that's kind of the, the, that was the main security flaw, really, um, that we were sort of uh, envisioning and what we could see and what that has been one of the most common questions uh, at the minute um, as to how you prevent that. Um, so we have prevented that with the tag. Uh, it was incredibly complex way and, and there's still we're still going to keep improving on what we're doing with that um, there's still other things we can do to to help uh, tighten things up there and improve it um, so we'll continue to build on that um coming then on to more what you you touched on there where if somebody's going through a pack train and things like that and tapping the card and trying to steal the sats um there's a variety of ways that you can prevent that um there they all come with trade-offs. So I think it's a little bit of a um, trying to look at this as there's no bulletproof solution at the minute. Um, but what there is, is mitigations throughout it. So we've got from what's live now, for example, in the Coin Corner app, you could then freeze the card. So you could just pause the card, basically. So if you're going on a train, pause your card, no one can tap and steal it. Um, you can... <clears throat> Uh, you can also um, set the limits so you can have like a, a three transactions per day, uh, a maximum of 50 pounds a day, for example. So once it goes over that limit, it wouldn't allow anything more anyway. So the maximum you could get stole from that card in theory in a day would be 50 pounds um, or whatever you set. You can set that at 10 pounds, 20 pounds. It's The idea of this card is um, a small in-person payments uh, that you go to a corner shop or you go to a cafe, you're, you're paying for a coffee quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you can do basic mitigations like that, uh, which are helpful. Obviously, every time you spend with the card as well, you get a push notification to your to your phone. So you would see, you know, if somebody's walking past you, tapping your trying to tap your card with their phone, and they make a, a withdrawal successfully. You'll get a push notification saying like someone's just took you know ten thousand sats out of your, your app, of your card. Um, so you'd be notified straight away. And if you're on a train with somebody, then uh, you're going to wonder this guy that's just rubbed up against you. You're probably going to know it's him. Um, I think it, it falls under a little bit of a, a $5 wrench attack, um, that mm -hmm. side of things. It's a, it's a very small niche. Uh, I remember back, I'm sure you'll remember back in the UK when contactless cards first came out. Yep. And there was, there was massive scares among people on, and on trains, exactly that, going on trains and people thinking they were going to get um, a device that would then steal your money from the cards. And people were wrapping the cards in tin foil, and um, I think one of the banks actually came out and said that was basically the defence for it. Just wrap your card in tin foil. Uh, I think I remember them. I can't remember who that was. It was, was it HSBC or NatWest or one of them. Um, they did come out, I think, and publicly say that, which was that, that was like back in two thousand and eight, nine, and something like that. I think. Um, 
So I think as we saw, you know, it didn't really become much of an attack vector in the UK. It doesn't really happen. Um, yes, it can happen, um, but it's just not a reality of what actually happens these days. Um, I appreciate the Visa network and a contactless Visa card is, you know, you can tap and um, pay at POS devices that are also on the Visa scheme. So you would have to be enrolled in the Visa scheme to steal people's funds from there. Um, and people do have these set up online and websites, not to forget um, that people do get around uh, various schemes and manage to, to steal things with fake websites and so on. So, you know, that does happen uh, and it could happen in person, but it's, it is more of a mitigation that you need to be in the visa scheme. Whereas with Bitcoin and Lightning, you are, it's an open interoperable, interoperable network um, and permissionless and anyone can join it effectively. So um, yes, there is a slight more risk, I would say, um, from the, somebody walking past you on a train and tapping and stealing it, um, which is why we've, we've introduced straight from the offer. You can disable the card, you can set limits, you get push notifications. Um, it's fully, uh, fully uh, customizable. Um, as we then get further into other various ways to defend that, we've got another one um, that I have here in my hand. Uh, for people listening, that's just showing down um, a RFID protection sleeve um, so that basically has my bolt card in um, and I can then just carry that around me and you can't tap and it reflects it. It kind of is like tinfoil. <laughs> um, um, so that's like a basic one. They cost like, you know, under a pound for one of these sleeves that you can get. Um, and they're, they're actually surprisingly common. You can get wallets that have the sleeve protectors already built into the wallet. Yep. Um, you can get them all different formats and, and ways. So people already do actually use these quite often. Um, and I assume for the Visa card, MasterCard side, which is surprising, um, but people seem to. Um, so there's that one, which is a nice, simple, cheap, easy one. Uh, have a sleeve, put the card in the sleeve and job's done. Um, there is uh, another one. There's some other ones as well. So we've been exploring um, all sorts of different ones. So we did already explore lots of different ones. Uh, one of the other ones that was... Uh, we saw in in practice um, was uh, a button press. So back when we was looking for um, originally the concept and see if any, seeing if anyone out there had done the concept, uh, we found Ben Arks. Um, one of the ones we found was the um, Par I can never pronounce it Parolina Polis. Yeah, it? I might, I don't know. I can't pronounce no. it either. But, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the 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 private guys over in uh Czech, Czech Republic, I think. Uh, yeah, pa parallel knee police. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I, we maybe in, in the show notes, so maybe just correct yeah. our, our <laughs> pronunciation of that. Um so yeah, the they um did one similar to the the Ben Arc sort of times or a year or so after I think Ben's. Um and theirs was a little triangle device that I think they'd created themselves. And the triangle device had two buttons on, um, which was very clever because this was something we also uh, explored ourselves. And we had we were using stickers, two stickers. Uh, we actually have on the corner of every staff member's desk, we have a little coin corner sticker um, that is an actual LNURL pay address. So somebody could go past with a phone, you'd be able to tap tap that and that would receive the LNURL pay address and then you could pay to that person. So if you owe them for the coffee, they've just bought it from the shop, you can just go over, tap your phone on their desk and then make the payment. Um, so we, we built, we did that just as a little trial and see, see how it worked. Um, <clears throat> but the triangular uh, cards that they, did, they had, had two buttons on. One, when you pressed it, it 
um, the NFC connection was then an LNURL pay. So similar to what I just explained there. And then the other one, when you pressed it, it became an LNURL withdraw address. Um, so you could then tap and pay with the LNURL withdraw address by pressing the button and doing it. So if you didn't press any of the buttons, then the card was deactivated effectively. It didn't work. Um, so that is something for these ones, the cards for, for the bulk cards, for example, at the minute, we could build then a button into that. So you'd have to actually press the button for it to be active and to work. So if somebody going past you on a train tries to swipe it, they won't be able to do anything because you'd have to actually press the button to do that as well. <clears throat> um, however, trade-off with that obviously is it's more expensive um, and it becomes um, a cost. Uh, it is a, a trade-off cost and it's something that we're trying to, at the minute, we want to roll these out and start to introduce NFC payments for Lightning, whether it's via the card or other mechanisms at some point soon. Um, we want to make sure that this is a cost-effective um, product and use case for the globe, not just for uh, the Western or financially privileged side of the world. Um, of course, we want to help, uh, you know, in the UK, we, you could also introduce um, the button press at um, a higher cost. Um, one of the other things we explored, um, which we had, actually had a conversation on, on this particular one with a, uh, one of the big four UK banks, um, and they actually trialed uh, something similar with the Visa cards, um, but they ended up scrapping it off because it was too expensive and people didn't really care, um, which was a fingerprint. Uh, basically, your card had a fingerprint um, scanner on it. So to actually make the card tap and then the NFC for actually, to actually work rather than the button press, it would be a fingerprint scan, um, which kind of makes sense. It means the fingerprint is only stored on the card. Um, so this fingerprint doesn't have to be stored on a server or anything like that. Um, and when you then complete the fingerprint scan, it would then connect the circuit and allow the NFC to, to work. Um, so it means that even if somebody stole your card, they wouldn't actually be able to use it and they wouldn't be able to go and pay in a shop with it or steal your funds from it. Um, so that was a, an even further additional uh, layer of security, um, which it technically works and it would make sense. Um, but realistically, is the trade-off of the expense of that card worth the risk of you having your card stolen and some person then stealing your funds, um, which I think with the bank side after their trial, um, it, it wasn't worth it. Um, so maybe in the future, something to explore um, and maybe something that gimmicky or maybe some people that are really privacy and security conscious um, might want on. Um, or maybe even... Um, more for the whales hey <laughs> yeah we, we've just been interrupted listeners uh lauren lauren has joined us lauren this is this is very very tardy this is one of the show sponsors like you know you're you're, you're 40 <laughs> minutes so, late <laughs> i'm i'm still in the class okay this is this is danny scott from coin corner who you know like actually helps support the show but uh what, what do you think of this this is this is going to be your question today um, what what is it what do you think it is i think it's um a card that holds sats in and you can bring it at, like bring out the sats whenever you want or something yeah pretty good i mean <laughs> there you go and what do you think of the design i think it's i think I, it's funny i think i like it, it's i like it and I want to ask you about the designs. Uh, well, tell the listeners what what design you're looking at right now. The wizard and that and um, uh, 
I can't remember any, your name. I'm sorry. I interviewed too many people. <laughs> but the person that I'm talking about is um, he wrote a book. Jesse Berger. Yeah, yeah, yep. with with um with the wizard. With the wizard on so magic. That, that's where I yep. got it from. I'm like. <laughs> and it was, and the book is called Magic Internet Money, and it is a brilliant book and very good shill. Uh, and <laughs> nice story for you, Dan. Um, I showed this uh, this card to my wife, and I explained, you know, what it does, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." Well, I hope they start making them look more professional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no 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 no. <laughs> You don't understand, like, the, the importance, the iconic importance of, of this little, like, wizard. So do you want to tell the story of, of how the wizard was, uh, was designed and come to be? Because I know you guys, you use all of these iconic images on your socks at Mount Socks, and now you've done it all on the front of the, the bolt cards as well, different designs. So let, let's go through a few of them. Might be pretty fun. And I'll pull them up so, oh, you can show Lauren okay. a few. I've got some here. He's got the yeah. whole lot. So we start with the wizard. What was the story of the yeah. wizard? Uh, the wizard. So that was, I can't remember what year it was now. Was it 2012? Was it maybe 12, 13? Um, and I think it was more of a, uh, it was on Reddit. And um, Reddit had it back at the time, the big Bitcoin community. Um, and that's where everybody kind of hung out before the crypto Twitter and Bitcoin Twitter became a thing. Um and I think somebody had the question was around, um, can we get a new logo for Bitcoin? Um, and somebody created the wizards as a bit of a joke one. Um, and it just became a bit of a meme almost. And it became a popular, um, iconic logo at that point. Um, and it became the, the magic internet money. Um, so I, I think it just, it stuck ever since. And I'm showing Lauren, I'm going through now that the coin corner, what you tweeted out earlier, the coincorner.com forward slash buy the bolt card. That's where anyone can go buy it. You don't even have to be. Uh, this card is sold out. It's sold out. This is the only one out of stock. The wizard is out of stock. It was very popular. The wizard was popular. The, um, the honey badger uh, was incredibly popular. Um, and then the, the main, just the, the Bitcoin one, uh, which mm. I'm just holding up now to, to Dan and Lauren. Um, that's that's actually the most popular um, but we've had a we got plenty of these ones in preparation um, so yeah the the problem at the minute is logistics we can't um, print ship quick enough <laughs> it's a good problem to have um, but yeah apologies if anyone's still waiting for theirs to arrive um, it is on its way all right Lauren take a look at these designs uh, that there's you got about 20 give or take about 20 different designs 15 20 uh and ask danny why okay. which one uh i would picture. say the penguin the why penguin. the penguin why dan have you got a picture of a penguin on somebody's <laughs> banking card <laughs> um so that one was the cold storage um so that is to to highlight and to educate people Every one of the designs we've done, we did, as, as you mentioned there, Dan, um, for the listeners with Mount Socks. So all of this, these designs are effectively also replicated on the socks. And the socks was to help educate people around certain areas of Bitcoin and the industry. Um, so the cold storage one was um, the penguin one. The penguin just kind of came in. I, we actually genuinely don't have a reason for the penguin. I think uh, it got designed and people said, oh, yeah, that looks cute. So it just became right penguin on the, the cold storage um it has a little vault on it i haven't got one of them in front of me but off memory we have a little um safe on it a vault uh with some bitcoin i think in in the picture um so it's just to um help educate people on cold storage and then what is cold storage and they can go off and learn about that 
at that point. What is cold storage, Lauren? Cold storage? Don't be afraid to ask the question if you don't know. I think... Have a guess. Go for it. Uh, either you put a load of money you don't want. Oh, wait, no, that's in the bank. Mm -hmm. But is, is that right, though? There's a load of money in that place. Just sitting there. Is that right or is that wrong? Kind of, kind of. Uh, Dan, do you want to go for it? Explain cold storage uh, to an 11-year-old um, in terms of why it's so important for Bitcoin. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, this is far easier than a Byzantine general's problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so cold storage is when you take your Bitcoin and store them in a pri private keys or in a wallet that is not connected to the internet. Um, so it's completely offline and it's never connected to a, the internet or an internet connected device. Okay, so I was close. close yeah. Close. Yeah. Even though I had yeah. no idea what it was. I know, <laughs> I saw it. You know, like the, the, the hardware wallets. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you remember when I did the picture and I basically did a painting and behind the painting lift it up and then there was the wall and then behind the wall I put in the hardware wallet? Yes, I do. So you, you that that is being represented by the the vault you see like the safe mm -hmm. like a safety deposit box that's the same kind of thing as a hardware wallet and that is where you're going to keep all your bitcoin safe and uh that's what danny and i tell everybody to do yep <clears throat> yep it is, is educating people to do that themselves is uh, massively key that's one of the things with exchanges and things like people always say about you know uh, not your keys, not your coins, take them off exchanges, which I agree with running an exchange. You know, I'm for that as well. Um, we don't want to hold people's Bitcoin. It's just, it's a risk to us and a risk to them. Um, it's best if they keep it themselves, but yeah, not always for everybody, but hopefully over time we can keep educating and help increase more and more people to, to look after their own Bitcoin. Do you want to pick one more design? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why the whale? The whale. Um, so the whale. That these them two. You picked two that I've not got in front of me. <laughs> I've got all of these, but no, no whale and no uh, penguin. Uh, the whale is um, so what people call a Bitcoin whale is somebody with a lot of Bitcoin. Um, so I think the I don't know if you might remember, maybe maybe be able to remember Dan. Is it over a thousand Bitcoin? Do you classify as a whale? Ooh, a good question. I, I don't glass. know. Yeah, I think uh, Glassnode um, have criteria for each one, and I think the whale is like a thousand bitcoins plus. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think it is thousand plus. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a per individual with lots of bitcoin. He's a bitcoin whale. Wow! So it's basically like the whale just ate a load of bitcoin. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it's swimming in the sea, surrounded by all the uh, the bitcoin signs. Just open up its big mouth and just gobble up all the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like Michael Saylor, Uncle Chad is a Bitcoin whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There, there, there's, there's no doubt in that one. Yeah, the biggest whale on planet Earth. <laughs> well, no one knows who that is. Satoshi, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Second biggest whale on planet Earth, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, Satoshi, Michael Saylor. There's, I'm, there's, there's probably plenty more behind the scenes that people don't know of um, the pizza guy mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. i yep. saw i saw the pizza card and i was like wait why does it have pizza and then i just remembered ah um, what did he do he bought two pizzas for like ten thousand bitcoin 
ladies and gentlemen. Well done. Very yeah, well very done. Well. That, that, that's warmed my heart, Lauren. That's excellent. Yeah, I listen. I actually <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, we, we even got to celebrate Bitcoin Pizza Day with another Bitcoiner family, didn't we? Who shall rename uh, nameless, of course, in the, uh, yeah, for, to keep um, privacy very high. But well, it was a lovely, lovely afternoon. You, you celebrated as well, Dan, I saw on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think all the team here did. Uh, what's, what's your favorite pizza toppings? On the back, of I'm turning the questions. I'm going to ask you guys questions now. <laughs> well, it's um Hawaiian pizza. Is that yeah? It's Hawaiian pizza, pineapple and yeah. pizza. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people don't like it, um, <laughs> but a lot of people do like it. You can't just you can't just like it a little bit. You can't just like it like medium. You have to like like it or not like it. And there's like a huge debate if you should like yeah. it or should not like it. I'm I like pi- I, Hawaiian's yeah. my favorite pineapple. Yes, I got so much stick on Twitter when I put my pizza with pineapple on, <laughs> and everybody, yeah, jumps on the pineapple. I, some people just can't stand um, a fruit on a pizza, but you know what's also a fruit? Tomato sauce, like because tomato is like has seeds, and a fruit has seeds, so you're basically putting a fruit on your pizza, anyways. So that like like we're just. Look at Lauren Fudd busting. The, 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 <laughs> That's a good argument. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is ace. Well done. All right. Do you do you have any further questions for Dan, or are you going to get uh, back on to what you were doing? No, I, I think it's like nearly finished, anyways. Anyways, yeah. See you. Bye. Thank you. Good night, Lauren. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, mate. Well, yeah, we went from serious topic of security to uh, to fun designs on a card and fun yeah. busting pizzas exactly pizza toppings incredible so, argument yeah, yes <laughs> and for any new listeners uh you know this is this is um always part of the show where, where lauren would come in and ask questions of the guests so yeah don't be scratching your head since thinking what's going on there uh mate let, let's get back to what we were talking about i think we'd covered off like security tags and whatever else uh, I think if anyone is worried about that, one of your little RFD pouches, brilliant. I mean, I think you can get them from absolutely anywhere. It doesn't have to be branded up or anything. Um, slipping it in there, that even gives you anonymity. Uh, and having that pause, just pausing the card, just having it on constant pause and unpausing it when you need to, right? Like uh, if you're in line for a coffee, you've got time to pull out your card and unpause your car, uh, uh, your phone and unpause your card. Uh, okay. And then you're, you're completely you know protected uh what's um user experience do you remember the days dan when that's all we would ever talk about like uh mate what was that anywhere between 17 and 19 the uh, the only thing people were bringing up and arguing about was a ux um in in bitcoin how far we have come yep yeah, I think the the speed was always um, one thing. The uh, and I, I still people still seem to have this argument. So today I was um, back and forwards with uh, an individual on Twitter yet yeah, just yesterday, uh, and they were saying, you know, well QR codes are more advanced than NFC, and it was kind of like it was it was a bit for me that's a bit backwards. You still got to get your phone out. You've got to try and line your camera up and scan something, and then you know you're doing lots of things. Whereas a card that you don't have to, you know, click and un- 
enter your pin or do face ID or anything with it. You're just picking out your card, tapping it on a, on a machine. It's There's no denying it. The NFC side is, you know, 10 times quicker than um, pulling out your phone and trying to scan a QR code, especially in a busy shop if you're trying to pay at a cafe and so on. Um, <clears throat> so I think the, for me, it, it's the QR code, um, what I said to him at first and, and the way I try and explain this to people is um, every... Bitcoin is global. Bitcoin is this global um, currency uh, infrastructure that is going to be used everywhere in the world in every country you can think of um, that will all have different um, opinions, different cultures, different um, ways to pay and ways to use things. So um, we know like we're aware in, in Asia, for example, with um uh, Alipay is it and, and so on they use QR codes for a lot of that so the, so they're quite heavy on the QR code side um, the UK as we're more familiar the UK is very much NFC contactless cards um, the US uh, are still swiping cards and, and slowly moved on to chip and pin um, do you know what they do here in France go on they still write fucking checks <laughs> it drives me absolutely <laughs> insane if you get in the wrong queue at the supermarket and it's not even old people, like you'd think like, you know, avoid the, avoid the queue with uh, the old people in it. No, it could be 35 year old woman who all of a sudden pulls out the checkbook to start paying for your groceries. And you're like, guys. Yeah. That is crazy. Is unbelievable. I, I don't even have a checkbook anymore. I, I don't think. I can't remember the last time I ever wrote a check it was mm -hmm. 20 years ago, maybe something like that. We do um, because we still have to pay like, um, like Samuel's going to win a football camp. The, the, the kids riding classes, um, you, you know, like uh, dance classes, all of this kind of stuff. You sign up. The only way you can sign up is sign up with filling out all of their stupid freaking forms that the government forces them to, you know, have. Uh, and then, write a check but for in, in the case of horse riding horse riding excuse me you might have to write three checks in advance post dated so they can cash them each trimester like we're living in the dark ages here mate it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah i mean well that, there's a perfect example and france is quite a modern country um in terms of even technology and everything else so yeah that is incredible i didn't know that so yeah educating me though on what what's going on in france um, but that's exactly the point. It's every country has their own way of paying, their own culture, their own um, style. So <clears throat> this, the, the card and the NFC, for example, is not going to be to everybody's liking. Um, hopefully it'll be to a wide variety and, and quite a majority of people's likings. Um, but people, some people will still prefer to pull out the phone and scan a QR code and pay and so on. Um, and some people will prefer to write checks. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, you're never going to please everybody, but, but what we can do with Lightning now and what we can do, what LNURL has, has introduced is allow us this flexibility to have functionality that can be interoperable, interoperable between ourselves and other Lightning wallets and other Lightning uh, service providers. Um, and we can then come up with all of the different solutions that people may want. Uh, so QR code is already there. However, um, as you touched on there back in like 2017, 18 times, the QR code thing was and the Bitcoin paying with Bitcoin in, in like a, a cafe, a coffee, uh, buying a coffee. Um, it just wasn't a thing because it was 
one, it was the 10 minute confirmation time. Two, the transaction fees were, were still expensive. Um, three, people still didn't have Bitcoin wallets on the phone and pulling out the phone and scanning QR codes. It was still quite alien to a lot of people. Um, so yeah, the UX back then, for many, many reasons, um, was just not great for, for in-person payments uh, or for payments in general. Um, and that has, yeah, over the years now, Lightning being the big uh, inflection point for that, for me, of, of where that's moved. Um, we have now seen Lightning uh, introduced and Lightning being able to be making in-person payments in a coffee shop, buying a single coffee, cheap, instant, um, no need for... Um, if you don't want, no need for middlemen and you can have it non-custodial and everything else around that. So there's, it's such a, a difference. And I think now for me, the big one for me and what we believe the next step in, in UX and helping people transition from, I guess, what they're used to or what they're uh, maybe transition. There's a, there's a couple of criteria. Some people will transition from what they're used to with contactless visa cards and so on into a contactless NFC um, lightning card. Um, and some people will just find that all of a sudden you can have in countries that don't have the visa infrastructure um, already today and they're still paying with cash. Um, you can then start to introduce these cards so they don't need to understand Bitcoin and learn all about Bitcoin and Bitcoin wallets and things. And they can eventually just have one of these cards that is tied to their Bitcoin wallet in some way behind the scenes that they never really have to look at. Or you could have them in like prepaid top up style so you can then go to the shop buy one of these cards for $50 that has $50 of Bitcoin on it and they can go and then tap and pay and, and they don't even have ever have to understand or um, really own a Bitcoin wallet in that sense. They're just owning a prepaid top-up card like you would a prepaid Visa card. Uh, you don't need to understand it and anyone can use it. Um, Molly actually, you, you offer those as well, right? Uh, have I got that right? Um, I could buy one for like uh, prepaid for £50 and pass it to a friend. Yeah, we, so you've got um, so within the Coin Corner app, you can set up um, what we've called the bolt the bolt card, which is like the debit card. So that's tied to your Coin Corner account, um, and then as you're tapping and paying with the card, it's pulling directly from your Coin Corner balance. So that can pull from your Bitcoin balance, your GBP balance, or your Euro balance. Um, so if you don't have Bitcoin and you've only got GBP, um, or you can you will be able to choose um, at some point soon. Um, that's being tested by the team internally at the minute. Uh, we haven't pushed that to, to customers yet, uh, but there'll be an option in the app where you'll be able to set which currency you want to be your primary source of funds. Um, so when you tap and pay and you've got GBP, it will just automatically buy Bitcoin and then send the Bitcoin via the Lightning Network. Um, so at that point, you <clears throat> people in the UK and, and other territories around the world are not going to incur capital gains tax uh, issues and things because they are using GBP effectively uh, to pay on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Um, all right, all right, all right. This is huge. Like this, this is this is now Coin Corner becoming your bank account, as yep. the way I see it. So let's not brush over that because this is this changes everything. Now I have one of these cards, and I have the Coin Corner app on my phone. And in the um, in the not too distant future, I will be able to. Let's say I've got my my. I I could even have if I have a salaried job, I could have my salary just dumped into my coin corner account each month and I can have my auto buy set up to take hundred pounds a week, whatever from that and stack. That's now my savings account. When I use my card for anything during the day, whether that's lunch, coffee, drinks at the bar or whatever, once everyone's up to speed on merchant adoption, and we'll get onto that in a sec, 
um, I can just tap my card, but I've got it set to take the sterling or to take the euros from my account. So it takes that sterling, but that like strike dude, that hops onto the uh, the Bitcoin Lightning Network and turns up at the merchant as sterling. Yeah, as, as sats for the merchant and they can then flip that into sterling if they want or they can flip like euros or dollars or they can hold the sats that's up to them so right they have the choice at the point of uh, at the point of sale what they what they then do with that um so they they receive sats though um yeah they, yeah they receive they, sats they're going to receive um, sats okay yeah but as far as it looks from a um a customer's point of view you're now my you bank pay. account you, you, you're yeah. literally now my bank yeah, with uh, with a savings account like in in Bitcoin, <laughs> but don't call us a bank. <laughs> no, but don't say that because yes. the regulators don't like that. But like uh, for all intents and purposes, and then every I don't know you you is down to each individual. Um, and we talked about this uh, you know very recently uh, with Lauren just like five minutes ago. Once that savings account starts getting a little bit too high, you just bam, straight off into your cold storage. And yep. that's the way you stack. So you, you've set your current, you set your salary to go into there, you're stacking and you're using a card each day. Yeah. And so you don't have we, to be beholden to any of the high street banks and all of their nonsense and the, the huge fees that are incurred by the, the merchants that are using the Visa Payments Network and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's, we, we've also, so without wanting to sound too much like a bank you know we're trying to trying to be we're trying to be a bitcoin um don't want to cause a bitcoin bank but a bitcoin bank in, in essence in um in the sense that you can use us as you're explaining like a bank um but obviously you can also take your funds away and have that in a non-custodial manner as well which we, we encourage um but what we're also uh, have come in is uh, bank accounts or what you call payments accounts for uk and european customers um, so you'll be able to have like a bank account number and sort code number for the UK and uh, the um, European, uh, and what that is now, these, uh, so you'll be on the separate rails. Uh, in your, yep. Um, yep. Uh, so you'll be able to have your account there with us and they'll both be with Coin Corner, but as an actual bank account as such uh, and atta- attached to that as well will be a Visa debit card. So you'll have a Visa debit card, you'll have your Lightning card, and no matter which one you spend from, it can pull from your Euro bank account, your GBP bank account, or your Bitcoin account. Um, so it will just be interchangeable between whichever currency you want and wherever you want to spend from. Um, so the point of, I guess, the so the banking side and the, uh, the bank account side and the um, Visa card side, that's something we've had lined up for a while and we've been trying to um, push out correctly, but we wanted to do it in a certain format, which is kind of what I'm touching on there. It allows interchangeability between all different currencies and instant as you tap and pay with your Visa card, it can instantly pull from your Bitcoin balance if you want and make the payment. You don't have to top it up or anything like that, like a lot of them do these days. Um, but what we what we did, so in the background, that's now um, ready. Uh, it's sat waiting on the, the tech department. So you can shout at them. They're always our bottleneck. Dave will tell you they're our bottleneck. <laughs> uh, more tech guys needed. Um, but um, we're just waiting on that now to be developed. But we put that down temporarily to do the bolt card side and bring the lightning card out first. 
um, because we wanted to, I guess, show as well that, you know, this is, we're trying to drive Bitcoin adoption mm. and Bitcoin uses. Um, there's already lots of Visa cards out there and, and so on, which is great. And there's other companies already doing that, but nobody's doing a, a lightning debit, a lightning NFC card, debit card. Um, so we wanted to push that first and show that, you know, that's the one we're driving forwards. The Visa one kind of comes on as a necessity um, in the sort of transitional period over the next five, 10 years. We might see the Visa card, uh, the, the visa use um, in comparison to the lightning card, you know, visa is going to be even for the, the team here that have had the cards for a few weeks now, um, you know, it might still be at like 95% is visa card usage and 5% is your lightning card usage. And then what we want to see is that to, to move and eventually for lightning to flip visa and you become uh, more reliant on your lightning card rather than your visa card. Um, so what we're doing and that's, that's going to take years. That's not like, you know, something that's going to happen overnight, but that's why we've pushed the lightning card first and then we'll bring the visa one in um, over the, what we believe will be, I guess, a, a you know, five to 10 year transitionary period um, of people moving on to uh, being able to use the lightning card everywhere, which we, you touched on, I know, and we'll come on to merchant adoption. Let's do it because this is what um, changes everything. This is, this yeah. is how we get there. And this is what we say to plebs all the time. Every time, wherever you are buying something, ask, can I pay in Bitcoin? You don't, you, the answer is going to be no. But unless we are asking as a community globally, can I pay in Bitcoin? Can I pay in Bitcoin? Can I pay in Bitcoin? We're never going to get there. So merchant adoption, as soon as, as, soon as you can, you, you could almost, yeah, you're setting up for, for plebs to be able to live on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, because now I can. I don't need sterling and I don't need euro. I can store everything at my Coin Corner account in Bitcoin. I can have just a, a, a little amount of Bitcoin day-to-day -day use, and I can have my main stack, which I've got cold storage. And when I need to top that up, I can send that in from my cold storage to top up my account uh, and spend my Bitcoin. The merchant then is either doing whatever they want with it, like you said, receiving sterlings or uh, sterling or euros. Uh, it yep. changes everything, right? So yep. we just need the merchants now. <clears throat> yep. So for a circular economy, um, merchant adoption obviously is required. Um, and what we've, this is, I guess, we're pushing this, and the, the bulk card out at the minute is like, it's the first in the world in, in terms of commercial aspects and getting this out there. There's, um, we're only two, just over two weeks, I think it is, uh, into this being um, a thing. Um, so of course, you know, this is going to take years for adoption and, and migrate and transition um, from legacy to uh, lightning payments. Um, so people, obviously, I do appreciate, you know, this is what we, what if the feedback we've received a lot from people have got the cards and now they want to go and use them somewhere and they want to spend them. I appreciate that is frustrating because it's cool. People want to go and try it, which is really good. And that, that's a, the amazing feedback. Uh, and I can only apologize for not having enough merchants on board yet. Um, but what we've tried to do in uh, the Isle of Man was we've now got on board. Um, it's probably about, so the Isle of Man for people listening, if you're not sure where that is, uh, it's a small island just off the coast of the UK. Um, so we kind of sit under the UK um, in some ways so we still follow a lot of their regulatory guidance their um 
NHS and, and things like that is still all under um, the UK for the Isle of Man. But we have our own government um, and our government creates rules, laws, etc. Um, so uh, here in the Isle of Man, there's only about 90,000 people, I think it is. Um, so it's quite a small island. Um, what we have the, the luxury of, I guess, is that the regulators here are very friendly towards Bitcoin and have been since uh, sort of 2014. Um, since we started working with them, uh, we've they're very um, adaptive and they'll be very re receptive to conversations that we need to have and what we need to do. Um, so here has been a, an incredible test bed to do a lot of things, which is what we're doing now with the merchants. We're trying to onboard um, as many merchants as we can locally. So we probably have uh, local Isle of Man businesses on board, maybe towards maybe 200. Um, so 200 doesn't sound like a lot, but on an island full of only 90,000 people, uh, it's quite a significant amount. Um, we have probably of them that are actually shops and merchants where you can go and buy a coffee or buy your dinner from or anything like that. There's probably about 35 now, I think, um, 35 towards maybe 40 that have um our pos or have uh, the capability to be able to accept bitcoin um, and the, the bulk card as well so this is and they've only been being rolled out really this over about the last month now i think it's been um so we're having a heavy push locally at the minute and we have um the bulk cards being pushed out locally obviously to our team to all our customers here in the alaman um and to a lot of people now there's there's been actually quite a an influx of Isle of Man signups wanting to come and get the card to try and use it in the places. Um, we're actually getting just in terms of UX. Sorry, there's so many things have been happening these last few weeks. I'm trying to throw all sorts of things out. Uh, I'm sure you saw or may have seen yesterday on Twitter. Molly was um, got her her son to go and pay uh, with the bolt card to buy, ice, to buy an ice cream, uh, just to show how easy it was, um, which was good, and she did that. Um, and uh, one of our team. Um, Last week, I think it was, uh, he went into one of the local schools, um, give uh, a talk to one of the classes. They were like primary school, uh, year six age. I think is that like 10, is that 10, 11, 10 year olds, 11 year olds. Um, and give them a bit of a talk on what Bitcoin is, like at a basic level and give them all a, a bolt card um, and top to them all, all the cards up with five pound. Um, so they all had five pound on to go and spend. So you give them the choice of, do you want to go and spend it? And told them they can go to this place called uh, gourmet shakes which does um like uh, all sorts of milkshakes and all sorts of things like quite uh, kid focused um or you can hold the bitcoin and that will go up in value over time and, and so on um so i think he gave uh i think it was 20 uh students or 20 of the class one of the cards with five pound on each um since then i think we've seen about four or five now we've gone and spent at gourmet shakes and bought a, a milkshake or whatever they've bought. Um, but the rest of them at the minute have held. Um, but uh, it was incredible to go out, push that out to local people, um, kids in school, give them all a card. Um, they've now gone off and been actually using the cards in the shops here and are able to go and do that. Um, and hopefully the kids have used it themselves. So it should be easy enough for a child to use um, to tap and pay and, and buy themselves a milkshake. Um, so, Part of the adoption on the Isle of Man has been things like that, where we're trying to try things out, encourage local community side of things to go and try the cards out, use the cards. It's kind of a, a great test bed for us to um, iron out any issues that we're seeing. Obviously, it's easy enough for kids to use, 
Uh, one of the issues we did have with kids is I think one of them got shouted at in the school for stealing the other one's card because they wanted the other design. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, an issue that uh, we didn't foresee, <laughs> um, but uh, an interesting issue. Um, so um, we're trying to use the Alamana, I guess, as our little test bed as we roll out here. Um, we're going to keep pushing, try and get towards, you know, or try and get the whole island covered in terms of uh, adoption. Um, if we can get towards 100 merchants within the next couple of months, um, that'd be great. And we can then start to live. So there's, there's lots of different tests we're doing along the way. So that's one of um, onboarding all these merchants, seeing all the, the issues that we're seeing, whether that via um, the lightning aspects, whether that's via the hardware aspects, whether that's by the card aspects. You know, we're trying to use that as our uh, test bed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so one of the other, the other sort of trials of what we're looking at is what I touched on just before about how we start to see, can we move people over to a Bitcoin standard and circular economy rather than um, using, you know, 100% of your in-person payments, a Visa card, how much can we reduce that and increase Lightning card being the more popular uh, payment method. Uh, so we're tracking that for the team here and we're, we're seeing how um, we have like one of our team members who is... Um, been heavy on going around the town, using the card everywhere. Um, I think his were, for the first two weeks, were like 60% lightning, 40% visa that he's lived his life on. Um, so he's slowly moving in, well, not slowly, very, very quickly moving um, in an incredibly fast-paced Bitcoin-only uh, economy. Um, we have, so we're going to, over the next couple of months, we're going to see, take the whole team and we're going to see like who's done the most in lightning payments against Visa and uh, what the average is and what we can start to see that, you know, maybe we end up with a, a five to seven, five to 10% of payments end up being over lightning, uh, whereas the remainder is done with your Visa card. Um, and over time, that'll, we want to monitor that over time and see that change and see that the lightning one move up um, and increase. So we're seeing that and we're seeing like circular economy aspects. So we've got quite a few of the merchants. Uh, they were actually accepting Bitcoin um, pre the card coming out. And we were, as we were going and paying with the card to test it out at some of them, the owners of them shops were saying, when can I get a card? Because they're actually holding Bitcoin rather than flipping it to GBP. Uh, and they want to then go and spend that card. They knew um, one of the, one of the guys, um, he has a, a food truck and he, um, holds Bitcoin. He wanted a card because he wanted to go and spend it, buy some clothes from a clothes shop uh, in town that accepts Bitcoin uh, and also accepts a card. Um, so he wanted to go and buy something from there. So he was like, he was then creating circular economy. And I think the clothes shop as well, I think they also hold Bitcoin as well. Um, so it's ending up being, you know, come from, I'll go down to the food truck, buy something. He's holding the Bitcoin. He's then going down to the uh, clothing shop with his now he has a bolt card now with his card and he can go and tap and buy some clothes with that. And they then got hold of the Bitcoin and they can then go down to the pub down the road and buy a pint with the Bitcoin as well. And it is creating a complete circular economy of Bitcoin, um, not even flipping to fear at any point. Uh, so they're the kind of trials that we're watching and sort of monitoring and seeing how uh, human behavior plays out and see how um, we can slowly, we're using this as a, a way to see how we can, help increase adoption and find them issues and flaws of what might happen during the process and how we can help encourage people to make it an easier um, process to adopt Bitcoin and actually make the payments and use them. Um, and then as we then expand, which I can touch on in a minute, we can expand to further into the UK and to Europe and to um, 
South America uh, is going to be one of our, our big pushes uh, this year as well. Um, so merchant adoption is um, the roadmap is all, all planned out. It's just taking time to start rolling this, this roadmap out um, and hopefully people can be patient. Um, and as you said before as well, uh, as the plebs are out there, if you're out there going and wanting to pay in a sharper cafe, whatever, with Bitcoin and they don't accept it, ask them if they want to accept it, get them on board. We will help. You just have to put them in touch with us and we'll help get them on board. Um, roll them out of POS and get them up and running. Um, you know, you can get people up and running within half an hour. Um, it doesn't take long to get them up and running. Right. <clears throat> I got more things to ask you about here or, or points to make. Um, yeah, the merchant adoption that what's really like the, 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 it's bigger downstream effects as well, right? When they go to their suppliers and start asking if they can pay their suppliers in Bitcoin. Yep. And there's a capital gains tax thing, not just for individuals, but also for businesses. Uh, so as we were talking about, if you were to try and live on a Bitcoin standard using uh, Coin Corner as your, your main bank account and fund your, your bank account from your cold storage so you could use your Bitcoin for your day-to-day -day expenditures, instead of you having to sell your Bitcoin, to, to, to put it on the exchange, to then sell the Bitcoin, to incur the fees, to incur capital gains tax, you're eroding all of that. That's now gone. If they, so in, so this is another one of the test bed pieces. In right. the Alaman, there is no capital gains tax. You so, lucky bastards. <laughs> so in the Alaman, consumers and merchants have no capital gains tax and capital gains tax and merchants also have no corporation tax. So um, the, it's okay. quite beneficial here. Um, so the guys that merchants that are accepting Bitcoin and then holding it and they go and then spend it, if they've gained in that time period, it's irrelevant because there's no tax to pay. Mm -hmm. um, so from the Alaman side, we've got it a little bit That's easier. That's all good. Yeah. But if you're in the <laughs> um, mainland of the UK and you're a merchant yeah. and you're accepting Bitcoin, then that needs to be accounted for come the end of the year. But if you're using it to yeah. then pay your suppliers, you would have to still, so there's still be in the UK capital gains. I'm not an, a tax advisor, so, so please don't take anyone listening. Please don't take this as advice. Um, but you would have to still um, deal with the capital gains tax side. So if you accept Bitcoin as a merchant in the UK, if you hold that Bitcoin and don't flip it to GBP, then at the point when you then release that Bitcoin and, and um, realize the gain as such, so whether you spend it and pay for your, your supplies, um, or whether you sell it for, for GBP or whether you spend it on something else, at that point, there is a capital gains tax issue. So that's something that you would have to um, resolve yourself. If you don't want to deal with the capital gains tax issues um, for everyday spending, you can receive the Bitcoin in, automatically flip it to GBP, obviously then hold the GBP with us. And then if you're paying your supplier in Bitcoin again, you can still pay and it will just automatically flip the GBP to Bitcoin and pay the supplier in Bitcoin as well. So it would still all be um bitcoin bitcoin or lightning is the, the the layer and the settlement layer that is moving the money around um but the you're flipping to a, a fiat currency at the point of receiving and at the point of sending so there is a zero capital gains tax um issue liability there um so if you're wanting to from a uk perspective if you're wanting to keep hold of some bitcoin from a an investment perspective then your best you could then split maybe you know um, ninety percent gets flipped to GBP, ten percent gets held in Bitcoin, um, and then at that point you hold the ten percent Bitcoin forever or for as long as you want, 
and the 90% in GBP you can then use to flip back at any point you want to send the Bitcoin out um, to remove the capital gains tax issues. So there will be, this is part of the trial and this is what businesses are going to have to um, realize. And I think in the UK, especially a lot of businesses are just holding, uh, sorry, are just flipping the, the Bitcoin to GBP um, to remove that issue at the minute. Um, which is the simplest issue. And then if they want Bitcoin, they can just buy it, hold it, and keep that separate um, from their uh, operational funds, I guess, uh, what they're doing. This is uh, also, it's amazing, isn't it? All of this stuff that's going on. Um, and you you touched on earlier about uh, different ways and you can, you know, like different countries have different things, like the QR code, for example. I don't know about you, mate, but or other people around the world. I've got QR code PTSD after the bullshit and COVID. <laughs> when I couldn't travel without having a QR code and I couldn't go to a bar or a cafe or something. And that's what they wanted to use to freaking inject people and, and give them digital passports and all of that kind of stuff. So now when I see a QR code, it's just like bad memories of all of that. Yeah. Uh, so to have this now, this tap and go, like uh, I just need the merchant adoption. Come on, France, speed the fuck up. Or I just, <laughs> or I just leave. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the answer. <laughs> Alamans friendly. <laughs> See you there. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the adoption side. So just to help um, for everybody out there listening for the adoption side, uh, we have um, we had our first UK uh, bulk card compatible merchant live uh, last week, uh, which is a little cafe in uh, London. Um, I don't know how you pronounce this. I'm terrible at pronouncing things. It's spelled K A P U C I N Capuchin, I think. Um, but um, it's a little cafe in London. Uh, it's on our, we've, we have now a map that we've created um, for where you can spend your Bitcoin and it's mainly just the Isle of Man merchants at the minute, uh, but we'll start adding to that as we onboard uh, UK merchants uh, further afield. So we have in the UK, this should be, um, what we're going to try and do is try and find independent pockets. So a couple in London, we're getting quite a few in London at the minute, just onboarding. Uh, we're going to get some in Manchester. We're going to get some in Oxford. We're going to try and, get pockets around the cities so people can at least go out there use the card try it experience it um, and have that as like yeah, our test bed as we, we roll out further um, so bear with us as, as we start to onboard uh, these merchants in these cities and towns um, we are then working with um, so in with it from a UK and European perspective as well um, we're working with more legacy payment system companies should we say um, which are uh, POS providers out there that already have tens, if not hundreds of thousands of merchants. Um, and we're hopefully going to be uh, helping integrate the, comp the lightning payments within their systems. Um, similar to what we saw with uh, Strike in the US with NCR. Um, we're working with a couple of others in, in Europe uh, and UK and hopefully going to be rolling that out um, in the coming months and hopefully announce something at some point in the coming months as well. Um, that will mean, similar to the NCR and the strike one in the US, you still end up with this situation of, okay, we can integrate into these guys. They've got 200,000 merchants. You still have to go and onboard all of these 200,000 merchants and get them to enable Bitcoin and Lightning payments. Because as you've touched on there already with the capital gains tax and things and the accounting side, um, it does come with some um, headaches for some people if, or some questions at least and some complexities uh, that people need to understand. If they flip the Bitcoin straight away to GBP, then there's no complexities, no issues. However, a lot of the merchants still don't quite understand that piece of it and understand they think straight away there's issues and they just say no to it straight away. Once you start educating and talking to them, then it, it becomes easier for them to understand. 
Um, so there's still the rollout process of, okay, we've got a legacy payment system that's got 200,000 merchants around the UK and Europe, but as soon as they're turned on, it doesn't mean that the merchants are all going to be live. It means that the merchants can enable it and will slowly then enable it and migrate. Same way as what will happen with NCR and, and Strike in the US. It'll take time to, to do that. So um, we're not, uh, I think, being British, we're not the typical um, come out and throw like 200,000 merchants are going to be accepting Lightning in two months' time because the reality is there's still going to be a massive transitional period for all of these merchants and it'll take, you know, three, four, five years for that 200,000 to really start enabling it and bringing it on. Um, so it will be a slow migration and, and we're realist, trying to be realistic there of what that looks like. Um, I think most plebs and most Bitcoiners out there now these days are kind of appreciate and understand the adoption does take time. Um, and this is where we're at in, in the sort of cycle at the moment in the process is that that mainstream adoption takes, takes some time. And I was um, part on part of a call with uh, with you and Andre Loha from uh, Madeira the other day, and uh, it's great to see that you're you're supporting all of these grassroots programs, which is what he's bringing together. There's going to be a bunch of us going over to Madeira to uh, to help him um, put together this this kind of plan uh, roadmap, uh, and you're you, you're part of that. Like you know, yeah, we will send you point of sale machines. We will send you a bunch of bolt cards. Go do it. Like, like you're supporting um these grassroots movements so anybody else out there doing the same thing they've got to reach out to you yep yeah please do and yeah the madeira thing that's it's going to be i'm excited to see how that that plays and um another uh, autonomous region is it called uh yeah. the best way to describe but um rolling out the adoption of bitcoin um i think that's incredible of what they're trying to do and what they're doing um similar to the el salvador route but not quite the legal tender side but um, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And hopefully, yeah, as, you know, we've actually already sent the POSs and cards on the way there um, to them at the minute. Um, but hopefully we can help out and help, like, as you say, the grassroots, similar to what we've done in the Alaman, and how we can then help roll that out into other territories that want to try this out and um, move in the Bitcoin um, uh, direction, Bitcoin adoption direction. Um, we have... Um, quite a few so we've got a couple of sports teams that are going to be doing this um and so their stadiums will be um bolt card and bitcoin compatible um really in, in months can, um, can you can you name any or is that uh is that uh, for another announcement maybe another announcement uh not, not the moment um so there's you carry dangler <laughs> i've got quite a few of them <laughs> oh um, mate so would, would they, can you even tell us the country is it or is it very specific to um, Iron man or no, not Alaman, uh, UK, uh, Australia, um, and yeah, UK, Australia mainly. Um, and then we've got uh, some POS providers that we've been working with in the background already that are not legacy ones, but are Bitcoin payment providers uh, that are enabling the uh, bulk card functionality as well. Um, so we have some of them in, there's one in Italy, one in Australia, uh, one in, there was one in France actually, but I'm not quite sure where that one's at. Um, one in uh, is it Spain, uh, Portugal, um, and then we've got quite a few in South America territories. Um, so keep an eye out for the El Salvador side and um, a couple of other territories that I can't touch on yet around South America. Um, they'll be in the next couple of weeks, uh, which we'll be announcing some of them. So that will, they're the ones as they start to introduce the NFC capability and the bolt card is then compatible with all these, all of a sudden that bolt card will 
start to become usable in whole countries uh, eventually. Um, and this is short term as well. So um, I know we're touching on the UK there previously about how the UK will take time and, you know, it's going to take you know, a couple of years to really roll this out. Some of these other countries that already have some of the infrastructure in place for Bitcoin payments like El Salvador and like these other ones, um, they are going to be much, much quicker. So we're talking um, a matter of uh, weeks and, and months um, for some of these now to start rolling out. So um, more carrot dangling, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is... <laughs> Danny, let's fucking go. Like, this is yeah. this is amazing. Uh, and I, I had uh, Jose on uh, the pod a couple of episodes back from uh, Ibex, Ibex Mercado. And he was telling me, like, the work they're doing, it's incredible. And I know you guys are working closely with them as well, trying to, you know, figure all of this out. Um, it's I, I love the fact that, yeah, you, you might be thinking, listeners, oh, yeah, what's this company, like, small company on the Isle of Man up to? But you're a global, global uh, like a visionary business that's doing amazing things, especially with um, the adoption of, you know, lightning payments. Uh, and, and what I find pretty funny, mate, is a certain person has rolled out from under a rock as all of this innovation is going on around um, the usability, the UX of Bitcoin, lightning payments and, and whatever else. Your old mate, Roger Ver. Has suddenly <laughs> reappeared, isn't it? Isn't it kind of strange yeah. that he's suddenly reappeared at this moment when you know? And it's not just you guys; that there's plenty of other people out there doing great work as well with uh, with making um, uh, different products and whatever else. But you're certainly pushing it uh, very, very loudly. Can we get uh, a Roger Ver designed bolt card? <laughs> maybe we could get yeah. you know which picture i'm talking yes. about. <laughs> yeah. oh, i mean <laughs> we, we were talking about custom designs soon so if people want custom designs and they want that we can't stop him <laughs> um but yeah he is you've yeah hit the nail on the head there i'm not not sure what his reasoning he's had about two years silent hasn't he really pretty much um from twitter especially um and then yeah all of a sudden the last couple of weeks he's just popped back up and uh, still pushing his Bitcoin cash agenda and, and that side, but um, yeah, maybe. And the, and the only thing he's still harping on about is like speed of transactions. Like yeah. Rog, it's just the game's up. Like, yeah. It's over. It's blissful. It's just like ignorance is bliss. Um, I think for him there, he's just ignoring lightning completely and just uh, dismissing it and trying to push Bitcoin cash. Um, I know they were in. Um, what couldn't they was in a country recently, weren't they? But it was a bit of a, a joke statement. I can't remember the, the it was a small island somewhere. Um, and they're trying to help that they, you know, they're doing similar to what we're doing in the Isle of Man, but they've done it in another island for we're using Bitcoin Cash. But um, yeah, it's unfortunately well, it's uh, I guess St. Martin's, St. Martin's, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, and uh, somebody... like the, the president or the prime minister, whatever, like uh, has been peeled on the, uh, the Bitcoin Cash scam. Uh, it's really yeah. sad to see. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess, part of some of the experiments around the world that people are going to do and try. And, and we'll see, you know, let's see how that plays out in comparison to, to the Alaman and, and see where we get to. Because, um, yeah, it's the, there's, there's no real move like Bitcoin Cash. Sorry, I don't even want to be talking about Bitcoin Cash here. No. <laughs> <laughs> On the Bitcoin Cash side, there's no innovation. There's no change that's ever happened with Bitcoin Cash in the last X amount of years. Um, so for Roger to be coming back on that and saying, you know, use it for 
peer-to-peer -peer payments and uh, buying a coffee with um, Bitcoin Cash and things like this. You know, there's nothing changed from now from four years ago with it. It's still exactly the same thing. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's pushing. It's um, got to be the last gasp for air, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, and I think now with, with Lightning, the way it's moved with, um, for me, I, I keep saying the, the NFC, um, and not just the NFC cards, but NFC in general, making the payments easier. Uh, NFC from your phone, hopefully soon, um, to be able to actually do that. Uh, it's starting to be, you know, on par um, with what people are used to in traditional legacy systems um, and hopefully if not better in um, many parts of the world, it's a massive improvement, uh, not just on par. Um, so yeah, a last grasp, um, grasping at straws already, but yeah, this is his last um, grasp of air, uh, I think at the minute. Mate, I, I gotta ask, uh, we've spoken about this in the past. You have spoken with regular banks before. Are they even close to understanding what's going on here are they are you still in touch with them are they still asking for your advice are you consulting with them in any way what's the word yeah um so the uk side um yes um the one we've been talking to we're still talking to um i think their general take was you know from an innovation side they love what this is and they're very intrigued and interested and want to explore something but i think from also the innovation side, they understand that they're a big bank and it takes time to move and do anything. Um, so they understand that, you know, they're like two, three, four, five years off really moving and, and doing anything of substance. Um, they, um, some of our guys were with them actually last week uh, in London, um, showing them the card and the POS and uh, how that all works. And um, they, from the feedback I got, they were blown away with it. Um, this is a couple of their innovation and um, a couple of their guys, one of them was a director of the banks as well, one of the big UK four banks. Um, so they were, so what people aren't used to as well, like with a bank, you get in the post, you get your bank card that's posted out to you and then you pick it up, you en enable it with a, a code and activate it, sorry, with a code on, on the app or um, you'll go and put it in a, a hole in the wall with ATM um, and activate it. Uh, to be used um what we can do now with these cards was like showing them in person like you know you'd actually just get the coin corner app you just tap the card onto your phone and you can use it can just it's a blank card when it arrives at somebody's house and they set it up to their account they can do it as a gift card or they can do it as an, a bulk card debit attached to their uh, coin corner balance and showing them how you can do that and then you can also disable it as well from the app so it's then blank a blank card again and then you can go and use it for something other purpose or give it give it to a friend and they can set it up again and go um that whole process showing them what we can do now with cards where there's no need for visa and mastercard in between as well it was like that's mind-blowing to people it's it's all of a sudden you've got when you're talking about being your own bank uh, we haven't really touched on the non-custodial side of the bulk cards uh in, in to the talking today but um, you can eventually, you'll be able to have one of these cards. You'll be able to have that running on your umbrella node at home. You'll be able to use an app that can set the card up um, for yourself. So you can just buy a blank card, set the card up and be in your own bank is literally you are storing the funds yourself in your own custody. Um, you're able to make payments with uh, an infrastructure and a, a, an in, uh, the Lightning infrastructure and payment system uh, that's interoperable around the world. Um, the card you can literally create yourself and you're printing yourself a card 
um, a bank card effectively, and you can go and make these payments um, and you have full control over everything. You are literally the bank at that point. That's um, mad. That's, that's where the, sorry, there's so many things that there's been yeah. happening recently and we've not touched on here, like uh, very, very quickly, like this, the Central African Republic where uh, we know they're pushing for it, but they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the um, internet access, things like 14% of, of their country have internet access. Um, only what is it 12 percent have instant access 14 percent have mobile phones something silly around them numbers um so at that level you know you can see that having bitcoin as a payment method there where you've got to be online to make payments and things it's not ideal at the minute it's not great one of the things that was looking to try and help and introduce and, and trial out in, in territories like that is like these cards for example um you could have these cards um pre-topped up in a shop in a shop corner shop that has instant access and has a mobile phone um, they can then sell the cards to people there so you can go and buy one for ten dollars and they will there and then top the card up with the phone give them that and they've got ten dollars on the card they can then go and spend that um, wherever they want in a shop that um, does accept um, or has instant access and can accept um, lightning payments that is then a way for them to have an offline method, like a card, which has no internet access and you can just go and tap and pay. It's simple. It's easy to use. The learning process for that is, is minimal. Um, they don't need internet access. They don't need mobile phone access. They just need a prepaid card effectively that can be topped up and used um, as and when they want to go and pay with it. So you can, even in countries like Central, Central African Republic that have minimal infrastructure from an IT perspective, an internet perspective, you can still roll this out to these places. And effectively, the corner shop starts to become the bank in, in some way. So the corner shop becomes the place where you can go and buy your card from and you can just have one card and you can go and top it up every time once it's run out you could go back to them and they can retop it back up again with another ten dollars and you just give them the cash and you put ten dollars on it and off you go and use it again so you will end up with like little hubs in in villages that you have one person in a village that will help distribute these to the, the, the local village and uh, help people make use of these cards even without mobile phones and without internet access um, which means then bitcoin is usable in these areas of the world that don't have the infrastructure um, so there's it's not just for um, the modern privileged world where you can go and tap and pay with these cards um, hopefully we can start trialing this out in areas of the world like um, CAF where we can uh, CAR sorry where we can um, see actual use case genuine use cases for them that they have this need and this requirement for something like this as an offline uh, lightning payment um, so Excited to trial out a couple of these territories as well that are moving in the direction. So I know we touched on Madeira earlier. Uh, Central African Republic is, is something we want to try and explore. And there's, there's a couple of other territories as well that we're, we're trying to have conversations with to see how we can help. Um, and exactly what I touched on earlier on, every country around the world, every area has different cultures, different mindsets, different um, use cases and usability um, within their countries. So it's, it's slightly different everywhere you go. And, and that's something that... Um, we as a company are trying to focus on creating a variety of different ways you can pay with Lightning and in different methods you can use to pay with Lightning and receive Lightning payments to help you know that wider adoption, uh, not just adoption in the UK or the US. We're, we're trying to make, you know, Bitcoin is global at the end of the day. This is what we want. This is where we want to take it. And um, we want to make sure everybody around the world has um, access and capability and good UX or great UX to be able to use Bitcoin. Um, over 
sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a run here. The visa, the visa and the MasterCard, I think one of the stats I, I briefly, um, my numbers are going to be way out, but the, the, um, the point will still stand. Uh, we've, I think around the world, there's like 7.7 .7 billion people around the world. We've, um, I think it's about 3 point something billion have a visa or MasterCard. Um, so um, at that point, or a, a, a visa or MasterCard type, so some of the other American Express and so on as well, um, so all of a sudden you've got like 4.5 billion or whatever it is of people around the world that don't have a visa or MasterCard and don't have that, that even access to or be allowed to have that. Um, whereas with the Lightning card and the Vault card and what we can do with Lightning and Bitcoin, every, all 7.7 .7 billion people can use this card and can use Bitcoin and Lightning and not discriminated against in, in any respect for that. And they can create and do this in their own territories and their own hubs and their own things. We know, Central African Republic, Coin Corner don't operate there, and we may never operate there. But what we can do is help push that um, infrastructure and that software and the cards and the POS and educate them and help them get up and running um, with Bitcoin and with Lightning payments and allow them as a country to slowly start adopting and uh, accessing um, payment methods that you know they've never been privy to uh, in the past with the Visa and the MasterCard infrastructure. Um, so it is, it's a global thing. It's not just like the 3.2 billion people that have a Visa card, MasterCard. Um, we're privileged um, in some manner and we're able to make use. And also that number could be completely wrong. Uh, it's roughly around somewhere <laughs> around that, that ballpark. Um, but you get the, the point of it is, you know, this is, this is global. We're thinking global here. We're not thinking just UK, just US or just Europe or anything. You know, this is, we want to help make the UX great for everybody around the world um, and the, you have to start somewhere and we've started in the Alaman and we're going to build out from here um, with um, don't have numbers of targets but uh, a number of countries um, this year will be accepting the bulk card um, like saying for 20, 20 different countries maybe around the world starting to have access to accept the bulk card that'd yeah, be amazing made, I've made a target up on the spot there but let's go with that 20 I'll tell the team tomorrow 20 it is <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah a few few things there to, to to go back to what we first began talking about my, my question around the regular banks and how they were blown away by uh what they saw when when your team went over there and showed them uh, you know we forget as much as we heap um, a pile of shit in the banks and deservedly so they are also beholden to the visa and mastercard network it's not their network yeah. right they are I mean, my, my, my bank here just suddenly switched from Visa to MasterCard because there's some kind of boondoggle going on there behind the, you know, MasterCard giving them a better deal or something. It's yeah. very, very costly for them to enter that payment rail. So now this is a beauty of the, the, the game theory of Bitcoin. You guys show up in the boardroom and say, yeah, it does all that, but like tiny fees compared to whatever you're paying. Yep. Now that person in that room, that director, he has a real story to go back to pass up the chain. You know, you, you've never got the decision maker in the room, unfortunately, but they have a compelling story now about Bitcoin and about the Lightning payment network. This is how, you know, the, the Trojan horse, there it is. Like uh, it, it's just <laughs> every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, I think that they will, slowly get you've hit the nail on the head of that that your bank there switching from visa to mastercard 
and they will just they have no loyalty between one or the other and they'll flip-flop between whichever one gives them the best deal um so the reality is yeah game theory at that point is these banks around the world if they can recreate the visa and mastercard infrastructure without the the cost and the need for a third party because they don't forget they could do this themselves um they will need the the expertise and the um technical infrastructure within house or they'll have to um, outsource to somebody like ourselves there but um, they can do this themselves without the permissions of, of visa and mastercards um, right now it's a chicken and egg scenario where there's for a bank for example in the uk if they've got you know six million customers in the uk they want to roll a lightning card out to their six million customers the problem becomes where can they use that card Mm-hmm. and it's a chicken and egg scenario you need the card out but you need the POSs out and that's you know that's where we're at and that's why we've done the POS and the card to go together so we can actually roll it out trial it and then we'll start helping on board more merchants and more individuals and we'll bring them all together um, but the banks will eventually yeah game theory will play out and they will race to you know um, eventually all the we turn on 200,000 merchants in the UK to start accepting lightning cards and at the POSs and, you know, is that going to wake them up and they're going to be like, okay, there's 200,000 shops here, you can spend that. So can you start migrating X amount of your customers if they've got 6 million customers and they all get a, a lightning card and they've got the visa card as they go and spend with their lightning card, there's 200,000 merchants there, they can go and spend that. It's cheaper for the bank for them to be transacting with the lightning card. So you start to encourage and you might see the bank then offer incentives to use the lightning card over the visa card and we'll start seeing that play out. Um, so I think that's, yeah, it's it's still years um, for them to move and do anything properly, but we're going to see that play out, I think, uh, in the next sort of five to 10 year region. Um, I think that'll be uh, an interesting move from the banking side of the world. It could be the only way they save themselves. Because if yeah. the CBDC, the other side of this uh, seesaw, right? If the CBDC starts getting pushed out, uh, then they're like, well, hang on a minute, we're fucked. Yeah. Because we bank the people. Like, what do you mean you're now going to bank the people? And they have a direct direct yeah. uh, bank account with the Bank of England. Like, that. no. Like, so they're, they're going to have to get ahead of it. And yeah. it, you don't even need to be that smart to figure this out, right? This is the beauty of it. it Bitcoin is intuitive. Yeah, I think that's one of the things people miss with the CBDCs, where with the central bank digital currencies, uh, they it's a central bank currency. So the central bank are running it, so the Bank of England. So, so the, they, the, the competition for that is banks. So it's not Bitcoin. It's the banks that are today, your, your UK, your Barclays, your HSBCs and so on. The competition for them ends up being the CBDCs because um, if, as you say there, the Bank of England released their cryptocurrency, uh, central bank digital currency, and you can individuals can go straight to that and access and interact with it, then you're skipping the bank out and the bank is losing the customers. Um, and so for them, that's a threat to them rather than a threat to Bitcoin. CBDCs, I just see as, you know, from a Bitcoin perspective, it's like, okay, you guys want to do that, crack on. It's no different than what we have today. Um, from a pound or a dollar perspective, um, all the difference is it's going to start cutting out the middlemen of the banks and the banks are going to have to figure out how they react to that. Um, so it, they're going to the have to be, they're going to be forced into actually valuing their customers again. And we might get yeah. banking services like we did decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the, the banking service, yeah, you, you see there's no loyalty to banks these days from customers um, or very little, uh, if anything. 
Um, we've seen a lot of people jump to the challenger banks of the Revoluts and the Monzos and things. And, you know, I think half of them jumped to them because they had a cool, bright orange card at one point, I think was the, the Monzo <laughs> angle, rather than a loyalty or, or better service. But, um, you know, the, that, that point then, you know, if you can do everything you can do at your HSBC and Barclays accounts, you can do with your challenger bank or, or eventually now what will be with Coin Corner, then, you know, why, yeah, why would you stay with a traditional bank at that point? Um, it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting five to 10, 15 years and, and see how this really, really plays out. Um, I'm excited, optimistic, bullish for the lightning aspect um, to be brought into everyday life for um, everybody around the world, not just the UK, not just Europe, not just South America's, but um, everybody that wants to participate. You've probably inspired lots of people here, Dan. Um, first, yeah. If any plebs out there listening, you got any idea of what you can do? Um, anyone r- running meetups, I think, is a is a good good place to start. A little pleb army. Um, if you can get in touch with Danny and you know get boots on the ground and in your own little community, take these point of sale machines around and uh, and the cards and whatever else. Uh, that's that's one good thing. But if people are you guys hiring at the moment? I know you have uh, physical locations, so. If anyone yep. wants to reach out and offer their services, what, what kind of roles are you trying to fill? Uh, I think we've got four out at the minute. Um, so we've got um, developers, uh, marketing, uh, accounts, um, office manager-esque side. Um, we're getting as the team's growing, it's, um, it's difficult to keep on top of everything uh, in the office. So we need some people to just come in um, and help out with that side. Uh, we have some other roles that will be, we're also interested from the biz business development side obviously as we're trying to roll out to merchants um yes we do as you touched on there we like everybody in the office um quite the opposite to a lot of i think companies in our industry and the remote working side um but i think that's something we've learned over the years of we like to have the team here and we can you can bounce ideas off each other and it's um it's a nice place to um create you know that's how we've been able to create the cards and do these things with just having them conversations uh, here in the office um, and here in the Isle of Man as well, and helping us trial it out with other merchants and so on. So, um, ideally, uh, in the office. Um, yeah, they're all on the website at the minute, uh, with more to come um, in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, they can be coincorner.com slash jobs, I think that is. Um, or obviously, you can reach out on, on Twitter to um, Coincorner handle um, any of the team. I'm Coincorner Danny, Coincorner Molly, Coincorner Zach, Coincorner. Dave and so on and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out to any of the team uh, if anybody is interested um, in relocating. Relocation to the Alaman has been um, pretty good at the minute. We've relocated two recently uh, here. We've got another two coming soon uh, who are also relocating. Um, and we know a couple of the companies here as well have been doing very, very similar things. Um, and how, really- how do you help the plebs out if they um, if they do reach out and you accept their um, their offer and they want to move over with a family. What 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 can they expect? Um, you know, they um, it depends depends on a variety of, of things. Um, but yeah, the, the, ourselves and the government so we'll help with like relocation package and costs and things uh, for various pieces. Uh, the government offer quite a few of them sort of um, schemes as well. So um, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but they have yeah. I think like two kind of schemes. Uh, for relocation so you can get up to uh, what will be maybe five thousand pounds back at the end of the first 12 months i think um of a relocation budget almost 
um, after you've been here, that's from the government. So it's a government scheme they run um, and they help with that. We help obviously coming across and moving across in terms of finding a place to live and all that side. The team here always try and help out where we can. Um, and we've done that. I think that was one of the ones with um, uh, Danny from Fast Bitcoins when they came over and a uh, competitor of ours in some way, but we're, we're pretty close to the guys there and uh, more friendly than competition. Um, but helping them relocate and setting the business up and stuff like that. And then they came over during COVID um, and the first two weeks they had to isolate for two weeks and they'd never visited the island. They didn't know anybody here except us uh, and Molly from our team. Uh, she actually went into the shopping for them for two weeks and giving them shopping all, all the way through the two weeks uh, isolation. Um, so obviously as a team, we've all got, we've got plenty of um, friendly, helpful people within here and, um, relocating will try and make you feel as welcome as we can uh, here on the island. And you got um, not university per se, but like uh, what would you call it there? Like a polytechnic or something? What would you have on the island for those with families that might be uh, tempted to come and relocate? Yeah, there is. There's a college here which does university courses. Uh, so they just um, they do it through one of the universities in the UK. Can't remember which one. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of colleges here um, that do that. Uh, there's plenty of great schools um, and A level college uh, as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's a great infrastructure, great um, great place to bring up kids in terms of activities, outdoorsy. Um, it's very very sporty here. Um, it's very community driven um, as we're seen at the moment we have the Alaman TT on uh, which is a, a bike race that's once every year um, it's a road race the whole island basically shuts down for two weeks um, while they close the roads and they have uh, motorbike races um, all around the island um, but it's a massive community thing there's 40,000 people I think that come over for this from all around the world um, so the population dramatically increases uh, of the island um, but the community all comes together and there's festivals and all sorts of things going on for the two weeks um so yeah it's, it's a great place um from the community side and from bringing up children um, and families um it's the second safest place in the world to live i think i think it's the second safest place in the world to live um uh incredibly safe i mean i, I was because i'm from the uk but so I'm, I'm not used to that but when i came across um, and people literally leave their front doors open and go to work in the day and they just don't think anything of it um, it's just natural to them, uh, which is crazy, but that's a nice place to be, I guess. If you had one last orange pill to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? I've had this one a few times now, haven't I? <laughs> and if you remain blank. <laughs> I think we've all said so far, Bill Gates. Uh, I should give it to Bill Gates again, just to uh, people I'm sure will like me giving him pills as he's given out to everybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um oh i would um i'd edge on um you know what I, i'm not sure i i think um no matter what answer i call with here there's just ridiculous things around boris johnson <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine orange pulling boris johnson <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think that'd be a good one, <laughs> but it'd be an interesting one. Um, so I, I'm going to pick him purely out of the entertainment value that would bring with it, um, but also the um, 
the the UK uh, after Brexit and everything else surrounding where we are with the COVID and Brexit side, um, the UK needs needs something a little bit more now and needs a, a bit of a kick and a bit of a wake up in in some regards. Um, obviously, being from the UK, so you know I can kind of I see what happens there. Um, but yeah, so he would be. Um, anyone that doesn't know who he is, just Google image him and you'll find some incredibly uh, uh, entertaining pictures, I'm sure. Um, and he would be a, an interesting one to uh, pull on the Bitcoin train, I think. Excellent, mate. Well, thanks as always. Uh, so much in this interview. Um, and I'm sure we could have gone on talking more and more about it as we... Uh, as we Bitcoiners generally can go on for hours and hours, but um, we'll, we'll cut it short now. Uh, thanks, as always, mate, for um, for everything you're doing, number one, and uh, for, for supporting the show as well. That's, uh, that's hugely appreciated. And uh, yeah, it was, great to, it was great to finally meet you in person when, uh, when I got an actual real-life uh, kind of um, demonstration of, of this bolt card before you even announced it. So... Yeah, brilliant. E excellent. All power to the team. Say hi to everybody there. Thank you again for coming on. Will do, Dan. Will, you, will do, Dan. Thank you very much as well. Thank you for having me again. And uh, hopefully not boring you, get, you guys too much and your audience too much. Uh, hopefully it's entertaining for people. Cheers, brother. Take care. And take care. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Danny, again for coming on the show. Thank you, Team Coin Corner, for everything that you are doing over in the Isle of Man to build out this community with the tools that we're all going to need going forward if we want to realize this i mean there's no if it's just when and you guys are definitely doing great work to, to speed up that when go check out the isle of man guys it sounds pretty interesting and if you want to get a job in bitcoin you heard Danny there. They've got a physical location. They've got a physical team, bunch of Bitcoiners. It'd be like going to a Bitcoin meetup every day and getting paid to do it. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? I might give you a call, Dan. Anyway, guys, just see where this is headed. <laughs> like, soon enough, a company like Coin Corner is going to be one of the first. They will be your bank account. And you'll be able to do everything through them. Stack, save, send money to friends and family. Use your card for your everyday purchases. One day, probably get loans against your savings. Buy the house, the dream car, the dream holiday, whatever it is that you want. And the game theory is so incredible that the banks are going to have to start playing catch-up to that. And then they're going to start offering all of the same kind of services. We've already won. It's just a matter of mass adoption. So keep going out there. Keep pushing this message. Live your truth. You're not the crazy Bitcoin, mate. You're not the crazy Bitcoin son, daughter, brother, sister, mother, father, cousin, whatever. You're on the right side a fucking history so go for it please we need as many people pushing this message as possible before we close this one out check out the other show sponsors swan bitcoin are in the us they've got you covered for your daily purchases swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten relay across europe r-e-l-a-i 
bit.ly.ch forward slash Bitten. Bitcoin Reserve can help you and your family really get on a nice big position as we all transition into a hyper Bitcoinized world. White glove service for 50,000 euros or pounds or over. This is definitely something you need to be looking into if you have that kind of cash on hand. Bitcoinreserve.com forward slash Bitten. Nick Arevsky and the guys doing brilliant work over there. Shift Crypto are going to look after your coins. Well, the Bitbox Ho2 hardware wallet is, but you've got to get it first. Shiftcrypto.ch forward slash Bitten gets you 5% off. Get to the conferences, bitcoinday.io. Like I said, Baltic Honey Badger is coming up in Riga. Liberty in our lifetime at the end of October. Check out Consensus Network. Get those books in different languages. And Ungovernable Misfits have got your t-shirts all covered. All those links are in the show notes, guys. Have a great one. Catch you on the next show.